0: Morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you are. Welcome back to the 22nd episode of Plant Harvest Prosper or PHP as we call it. I'm your show host, Kellen Williams, Wealth Advisor and Certified Financial Planner for Financial Harvest Wealth Advisors. The purpose of PHP or Plant Harvest Prosper is to encourage our listeners to live a life peacefully and purposefully towards prosperity and make wise decisions with your wealth. Each episode you will receive completely objective and independent advice designed to help you succeed regardless of your financial means or your age. And we just encourage you to see, hey, what does living a life of significance look like to you and how to use your wealth to achieve that. Each episode will address a different financial topic in a different domain with applicable steps or excuse me, applicable steps to be in action right now if not already. So a big hot topic, and a lot of people get excited for this episode for many reasons, is the housing market. So we're gonna touch on, hey, what's the current economic condition in the housing market? The 30-year mortgage rate's a little over 8% on average the time that's recording, supply chain dis- disruptions past couple of years, uh, construction costs going up, uh, fears of recession looming in the next year or so. What do we make of the current housing market? And what does it mean to our personal situation? So I have the absolute pleasure to be interviewing none other than the Justin Kaur, <laughs> a real estate broker here in Orlando, Florida, who has over 14 years of experience. And he's co-founder of Core Group Real Estate, where he's orchestrated this blue line over a half billion in real estate transactions. Quite the accomplishments that he's carrying here. Before all that though, he studied real estate and finances at FSU, Florida State University, and obtained a master's in international real estate from FIU, Florida International University. He now leads a team of 40 real estate pros who work daily to stay ahead of real estate trends. Outside of real estate, he lives here with his wife, Megan, an emergency medicine physician And there are three energetic kids. He was just telling me about (laughs) before this call, they're very active, 10, six, and three Mm -hmm. years old. He serves on the board of directors of the Central Florida chapter of Make-A-Wish Foundation, co-chairs the Orlando's largest, love this, which I'll be joining here soon, Mm daddy-daughter dance called the Enchantment Ball, love it. He coaches T-ball and softball at Delaney Park Little League and serves at his church, Grace Orlando, which fun fact for the audience, that's also our home church. So definitely, definitely well received there. So Justin, ever since the pandemic, it's been pretty quiet on the housing front, right? It's been very um, casual. I'm sure there's not a lot of stress. (laughs) So absolutely kidding there. But uh, home prices have surged the last couple of years, up over 30% since before the pandemic to 2022. And then thanks to overall money supply, increasing 40% in that same time period. But since then it's been challenging for some people to buy and sell homes or to assess the current housing market so my first question to you is what are the top three challenges that you're seeing from clients right now and the industry as a whole
1: yeah it's interesting it's interesting to talk about what got us here you know and kind of how we arrived here and i think kind of the underlying you know component of this is there was a period where at least looking back homes were cheap or very affordable relative to today today. and money was cheap Hmm. relative today and so we had both of those things colliding you know back in 2019 2020 you know through parts of 21 before we started this you know kind of uh inflationary climate and so now we find ourselves on the opposite side of that. We've, as you said, gone up 30%, you know, uh, uh since, you know, probably beginning of 2020, mm-hmm. um, rates we've, we've peaked at a, at a new high since 2000 at 8%, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's, it, it's an incredibly tough environment. I think as much logically for home buyers, just thinking about what was, I mean, it's almost hard mm-hmm. to rationalize 8% interest rates and, sure. and I think for a lot of people that is just kind of a it's a it's a stopping point they can't get over hmm. um and it's not based on the payment necessarily although that is heavily impacted it is just this idea that this can't possibly be a good time to buy
0: right
1: because interest rates are so high and the homes are more than I feel like they should be worth I don't know that I want to necessarily dispute those feelings by any means because i feel very much the same way um but to answer your question yeah interest rates just the economic uncertainty i would say is is a big you know component for for people um and then the lack of housing supply you know those are the, the the three killers like there's folks that we talk to every day that would be open to buying Right. If they can find something yet, yeah, they feel like the options. It's like when you go to the store before a hurricane and you got like, okay, we're going to get, you know, the sunny and a bag of Doritos, you know, there's right. just nothing else available. And that's how it feels in the, in the house market right now in, in kind of orange and Seminole County, which is two primary spots. I track we're, we're right at one and a half months of housing supply hmm. Getting, and, and, and our sales are down, you know, as a whole. So that factors into this equation. At our current sales pace, if nothing else came to market, we would be out of inventory within a month and a half, you know, it wow. kind of like it wow. so that's the that's the the headwinds we're, we're all against right now.
0: Fascinating. So given those headwinds, <laughs> which are pretty compelling, what are maybe some opportunities? So are there any strategies? Buyers can take advantage of right now, maybe with financing to be able to get the liquidity, or in general to be more competitive.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think I think it's a mentality, right? And I, I I've always liked the um this sounds gruesome, but buy when there's blood in the streets kind of kind <laughs> of mentality. And uh it, but but that is specific to your situation, right? And I think, you know, especially from what you guys do, and what we do, every piece of advice comes with the caveat of, tell me more about your situation. And that's really how we like to talk through this and plan with people, because, you know, a, a lot of our customers that are buying right now, they have to buy or they have to sell whatever yeah. it is they are. They are, you know, it's relocating. It's an estate, you know, a lot, um, the job's moving. We're just growing out of our house. We had a, unexpected baby we need another room and we're you know, sure. feeling like these are scenarios that we need to make a move right and so when you need to make a move some of these factors you just deal with them right and you know that maybe with rates you're going to be able to finance refinance you know a couple years from now or you're going to be able to so so that that's kind of how i uh, approach a lot of this so in terms of opportunity when you are one of the buyers in this market today you do carry more weight than you did six months ago or a year mm. ago
0: um they, you know, they because they said you're being serious because
1: you're yeah you've you've got the ability to go there's there's homes that have been sitting on the market sure. you know even though we have low inventory there are homes that have a maybe un, un unrealistic view of of what the market's doing right now mm-hmm. and so they're still pricing it like we're in 2020 where they're expecting multiple offers and this thing's going to bid up over anything in the neighborhood Newsflash: flash the mark we've made that run already right so right. so that run is is caked in which for sellers right now they should they should understand that that hey even though you didn't act in 2020 you fully realized all of that appreciation into your home today
0: right, it's right. there
1: so so the question is where are you going to go if you're relocating in, t- in town um but if you're a buyer right now and somebody's made that mistake you have the ability to go now and get some concessions from them negotiate the price down um which for me has been refreshing for the first time in a long time right we actually have the ability to go negotiate right. um and so being able to do that on behalf of the of the buyer feels good again because for mm-hmm. so long buyers were having to waive everything to have a chance at you know just getting their foot in the door
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um so this is just the, the flip side of that so um what i'm looking at is negotiating um obviously price timeline or contingencies of sale okay. um you know for a long time you couldn't if you had a home to sell you kind of just had to risk it and figure it out um now hey i can give you another 30 days to go sell your house right if we're getting if we're able to come to some agreeable terms so it's opened up a lot of these opportunities for for buyers who maybe felt stuck for a little while Hmm. um sellers are are open to those kinds of that kind of mindset uh you know in a negotiation because they're you know that they probably have some of the same concern of we feel like we need to sell maybe it's somebody downsizing right we need to sell. We want to take advantage of where where the market is. We're fearful that maybe it'll, you know, we're going to hit some turmoil here in the, in the, in the few years and we need to retire. You know, we want to take that equity and do other things with it. So, um, understanding having somebody who can help you understand the goals of the person across the table, you know, of the home seller, um, you might be able to find a lot of kind of silver lining in how you negotiate, even if you're paying seven and a half percent interest rate. Feel like <laughs> right, you're
0: paying right. You need That's a house. Very helpful. So I listen that now buyers have a little bit more flexibility with the timeline, which I think is a big component, especially if you are trying to maybe downsize need liquidity from your current home right. in order to make that purchase. Um, you know, in the past, especially during the pandemic where rates were really low some of our clients use margin off their investment accounts to be their own bank. But that was very attractive because rates just were very low. And so, you know, that's not as attractive as we're seeing now. And also HELOCs we use as well. Um, any opportunities on financing that you're seeing, or is it kind of just the traditional, Hey, mm-hmm. high rates, maybe use a HELOC or try to get some cash.
1: Yeah. We've and, and this is some, some that we can negotiate in sometimes it's a rate buy down. Um, you know, getting that rate down to a, right. to a, to a more aggressive place to, to, uh, to make you feel better, you know, for, for a couple of years, yeah, I think yeah, it's a yeah. case by case, you know, scenario of how much, you know, how much do you pay in order to save a little bit on that rate, knowing that eventually it will probably still go up. I mean, you can buy, buy it down fully, right? The risk there is that you're, 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 you're front loading that loan, you know, with points. And if you have the ability to refinance in a year or two years from now, that, that money's lost, right? You're going to refinance that loan completely. So I have a mixed thoughts on whether that's good. It really is situationally dependent. How long are you going to be in the house? Um, how tight are you, you know, on, on payment? Is it is it payment or is it is it cash available up front? Everybody's scenario is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, definitely takes a good cohesive conversation with with us and their lender to make sure we're kind of pulling back all the layers. Um, other thing, and this is just kind of a, a, scenario for investors, potentially is we've had luck with a probably two specific deals where we've been able to have a seller carry a note on an investment, um, which at, a, at aggressive rates, so one mm-hmm. specifically they'll be holding the interest only note for, at a five and a half percent, um, rate for three years. Mm -hmm. That's extremely helpful right now, you know, in this market, especially for, you know, depending on the investment, giving you more, more more available cash up front to be able to invest in it, get your tenant base, you know, structured and in place and stabilized, Um, you know, so, so there's a lot of thoughts out there, you know, that that deal dependent, you know, you could get creative and find, uh, find opportunity because the big thing for the seller was to get out from the property
0: right right it
1: wasn't that they needed all the cash immediately so we had right, to find right. some some balance of and and, and kind of compromise there that made the deal work so yeah but there's a lot of kind of scenarios like that if you're, if you're in the investment world that we can really play with um to uh to make some stuff make sense because it's hard to make a lot of these investment properties make feel like they make sense right now in today's climate
0: sure sure and then for the seller i listen hey don't get Caught or stuck on thinking, oh, I missed the, I missed the highs. I gotta wait. You already captured uh, the returns per se from the growth. It's an unrealized gain still that is still a great opportunity. Just like trying to time the market. Hey, don't get caught up on oh, maybe you missed the all-time high, but still understand that you have a gain there that uh, can be realized.
1: Yeah, I mean we've we felt that from a lot of folks that. You know, probably towards the end of 22, we're like, I've got to go. Right. right? Because I'm fearful the bottom's just gonna fall out. This was, you know, and it, it's wild because I'm on the ground, we were at ground zero, feeling the Orlando market, and like we're still watching people move here, relocate. Right. Jobs are still pulling people here. Um, so how I feel and what I see oftentimes are two very different things. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I have a tough, tough time painting too much crystal ball, you know, into the future <laughs> of what's coming yeah. for people. Um, because I, I, there are some internal, you know, kind of conflictions there. Um, but yeah, I agree hundred percent with that kind of the way you said that, that sellers need to understand where we're at right now. I'll put it in this perspective too. If you go back to 2000, so I got in the mark in the. Real estate world in two thousand nine. Um, I uh, so bottom the market had just right. fallen out. I was graduating mm-hmm. college, you know, with a real estate degree, and they're like, you know, wow. Fanny, Fanny and Freddie just went under. You know, it, it was it was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it ended up being a good time to cut my teeth and kind of see what it was like at, in, sure. in that kind of environment. But if you go back and you look from you know kind of that time point in two thousand eight. So when the market really bottomed out, it was a full 36 months,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which no one remembers. Everyone watched the big short and and, and believes that, you know, and and even just from our own, you know, recollection of how this went down, it was overnight. The the news media painted it as such. Right. But there was this three-year period of us chasing the market down. And so the fear of missing the top, no one can truly time the top. Right. Yet you can take you know direction from the from from the headwinds when we start to see this you know if there is a change just understand there will still be people moving here
0: right right
1: there will still be people relocating locally and and if you're relocating locally you understand that your house the one you're in is going to be equally affected to the one you're buying so mm-hmm. why not go be in the house you want to be in you know and I think that's often not considered you know and so just kind of really thinking it through with, with logical, you know, it's very hard to short the market and make money unless you're willing to go sell and go live in an RV.
0: Right. And if you are willing to do
1: that, let's talk. Cause cause man, we could ride this thing out and uh, probably do quite well. I don't, I don't know what's coming, but uh, you know, looking back in, you know, in, 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 in that time, in the big housing recession, and that was a housing recession. This is different than that. Right. Um,
0: really good point know, yep.
1: people had a lot of trouble timing the market. Um, and so just just heed warning that like it, it's it, it's nearly impossible to do unless you're willing to make major life sacrifice, you're going to be impacted by whatever's coming, good or bad, whether you're in the house, you want to be or not, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, make sure you're kind of thinking through that and planning accordingly.
0: So maybe this flows into the next question, but what are the top common mistakes that you typically see from real estate investors that you should know?
1: Um, investors. So I would say with investors, probably the biggest thing is people just wanting to, we talked to a lot of young investors who are trying to get started.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, the big guys. And, and so it's interesting to look at the big guys who do it professionally, you know, and there's a, there's a big difference, professional investors versus, you know, and in your world, that's, it's my managing a major fund versus a day trader, you know, from right. from, from your house. Uh, it's it's a different mindset. You're looking three to five years, you know, into the future. You know, as a professional investor, you're structuring your financing in a way that allows you to to manage to, to have leverage but manage the storms that could come. You know, you see mm-hmm. the. You see the things that could impact your decision making and your planning for those with A, B and C scenarios, you know, exit strategies. So the the guys trying to start, I think a lot of times it's just not having any, just wanting to get their foot in the door with something. Right. Willing to take a stab at something and try and make it work versus having a strategy that you're applying. Right. You know so if if the major guys if the big guys are sitting on the sidelines the little guys running around trying to find a find a nut maybe in a time when they should be taking warning from you know the 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 big players um so i would say just just making sure you have a strategy not being open to anything there are opportunities in this market but if you are a if you're going to buy single family houses and hold them for rent Right now, that's a really hard time to make that work. Um, not saying there's not opportunities, but make sure it fits into the model and, and returns that you, you want to see. It's really easy for a guy like me, who may be marketing a, an investment property like that to make it look decent. Right, And we try to be, you know, we try and really present that fairly and understand that, hey, like, you know, if, if you're gonna be paying up, you know, to get tech, more technical, you know, a four cap on a single family investment property, which usually you don't even analyze with cap rates, but yeah, you know, it's kind of right. Right. How long can you apply any amount of leverage to that and make it make sense? So if you're not a cash guy coming in that wants to be in that market and start to build a portfolio in that area, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense for you. Um, you know, so just being very having somebody at your, you know really kind of poke holes in your in your scenario, I would say, is uh, incredibly important. The place I would say there's probably opportunity right now as somebody who can think outside the box there's a lot of I would say right now the office markets are are working hard to refine themselves um, you know so if if you're looking at a you know maybe traditional you know office space that maybe the zoning you know allows for other or uh, or it needs to be you know kind of modernized for some a different kind of, of use use just because we don't we don't work the same as we did 30 years right, ago right. when they were building their, whenever th- these things were built, um, retail, I mean, th- there's, there's retail plazas who are struggling to find their themselves again, you know? So there's a lot of these little sectors that are struggling. I think somebody that can, can paint a new picture and cast new vision on some of these things has a, no putting it, put the deals together is every story, but you sure. know, i <laughs> that's where I kind of see opportunity amongst, Kind of the traditional sectors um is is kind of re-envisioning um you know maybe what they could be in the future or a uh, or new use um you know currently
0: and would you say maybe a top i don't know mistake or word of caution for someone trying to buy their primary home would be trying to time the market yeah let's just say it's your
1: yeah maybe that's something to talk about for sure it's like you're the person trying to buy their first home right um potentially because i think you know if you if you've been in a home and you've already realized 30 percent gains on that and this is where i think you know the person who's buying their first one can't understand some people that are buying now is you're doing a equity swap you're taking mm-hmm. your equity you've doubled your value since you bought it in 2016 whatever the you know the, the, when you bought it was And you're moving that into the next home. So the interest rate doesn't affect that person as much because they're only, you know, they're only financing half the house, potentially. And so we see a lot of those things. So don't apply everyone else's situation to you. If you, you know, if you're getting in at a, you know, putting three and a half percent down on an FHA loan, that rate's going to impact you a lot more. Mm -hmm. But also your ability to refinance it will impact you a lot more two years from now you know, or whenever that time comes. So you're going to be able to, you know, if you're heavily financing and I think this is where you you guys come in, you know, with your clients and really help them understand, like, let's not let the house be a curse. You know, we want it to be a blessing. So maybe we need to make some sacrifices in terms of what we're buying now, man, I'm an advocate for starting at some point, even if it's Mm -hmm. not what you think it's not the dream home. You know, we've had, we've had, you know, young just marrieds, you know talking about wanting to buy their forever home i'm like <laughs> man it's such a it, it, this is like your five-year home maybe you know like get started somewhere it doesn't have to check all the boxes it needs sure. to check some of them but what the house does for somebody that's you know maybe in their you know young 20s just married maybe getting ready to start a family is it forces you to start to save and build equity you mm-hmm. know it's a forced savings plan going to be paying it to somebody so if we can find an alternative to what you're paying in rent and to doing it in a house and you're going to get to keep that over time and you're going to get to start to build that and and ride whatever next wave is coming um man it's gonna it's gonna change that outlook and i hear so many people say like you know it's 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 just naysayers i think that are just like kids will never be able to buy a home you know with the inflation the way it is today and the housing increases and i just think that's it's so short-sighted to say that because right. you're singing about this moment that we're in and uh and a lot of times i hear people say well housing is just too much like well where are you looking and they're looking in winter park i think probably where you're sitting or they're looking in you know and they want to be you know for their first home they expect to be in the neighborhood their parents are in or they expect yeah. to be yeah. you know walking distance from park avenue and I'm like <laughs>
0: that's
1: that's where we've got to break the thought process right. you know we, we, we need to think where can I go buy something and afford to live? And, and yes, the market, but the assumption is that your income is also going to stay in the place where it is today. You know, and as that changes, a lot of times you're going to change your income far greater per, by percentage over the next five to 10 years than what the housing market's going to do. And so right. if you're going to be able to grow with kind of your needs in time. You just can't buy your future needs now.
0: Hmm. That's really good, Justin. And about the rates that a lot of people don't realize, especially if you're in a really high income bracket, if you itemize, your after tax rate is lower than you think because you're using those deductions to reduce your taxes. So a lot of people don't put that calculation to mind. And when tax reform sunsets in 2026, more and more people are going to be doing that if Congress does nothing to be clear on that. They often so, do nothing. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Well, it's very fair. Cool. <laughs> so um, my next question is with your crystal ball, which I mean, I keep one in, a, in my pocket at all times, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> where do you see the housing market going next year in 2024 or 2025? So, as I said, I'm conflicted.
1: Um, <laughs> data points that I follow would show. Um, a couple things. And I think, I, th- I think we're, we're, we've, we've done the run. I think we've done the major run. Like I don't, I don't think another major right. upward trend is coming with the exception. If interest rates were to make a big leap in the positive direction, I think we would see a surge of buyers who have been sitting on the sidelines. So that could kind of offset this a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. it, for whatever reason, these things are, in my mind, not necessarily interchangeable, but as rates go down, Hey, I'm willing to pay the, I'm willing to pay more in price, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, So that, that would be the exception to that. I, I think with that being said, if we look out, you know, over three to five years, I don't know when they get inflation under control. Um, I, The housing market generally is going to stay at least in line and hedge against that. So I think relative to inflation, we stay rather flat. Um, or in line with inflation. So we right. might see a, what, three to 5% kind of growth over the next few years, um, which in relative terms is stable. Right. Um, the fact that we don't, we're, we're, we're way behind on new housing starts. As much as you've seen built around you, everybody, you know, like we are behind. Hmm. Um, and this is, a, a I think, a function of, um, you know, a, a 20-somethings, not buying as early as maybe they had traditionally. And so we've got a big segment of the population that will be ready to buy. Um, I think some of these things start to come in line. Um, So that's my expectation on the housing market. Just a note on that. I think this kind of connects the dots on that and on new housing and, um, you know, kind of our first time home buyers. If you're willing to make a drive in Orlando, just to the outskirts of town a little bit, and, and you know, from living here, like, we're a very well-connected city. Um, if you've right. been anywhere else, and I know you have, like there's cities that you sit in traffic, you know, and, and so I, I'll have people move in from New York or uh, Atlanta or some of these areas. And they're like, man, if I could be within, I don't know, an hour from work, I would be thrilled. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I could have you almost to Tampa in an hour. You know, right. um, I yeah. mean, we, we, we are we are very well connected. So for me, that's way too broad of a of a drive time to really narrow down where you need to live in Orlando. Hmm. But if but with that mindset, you could be in, you know, parts of Lake County,
0: sure,
1: West Volusia, um, Osceola, and be driving. In, and so there are new homes in these areas, brand new homes in the three hundred plus thousand dollar range, right? Right. Right. And so. New builders are offering incentives. They're buying down your rate. They're doing all these things to continue to sell. And I think so often it's like, well, that's that's so far out there. That's why a lot of people locally are going to miss out on housing market here because the person moving from Atlanta and New York are willing to buy that all day long. Mm. And they're thrilled to pay that price and they're that's thrilled to make that drive. Um, and so there's a lot. We just got to rethink a little bit about, you know, kind of what you want, what you need today and we can get you started in a brand new house that is going to continue to grow and appreciate. And those markets are actually going to boom. Like there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you look out in, uh, you know, Eustace and Mount Dora and Groveland yeah. and Claremont and a lot of these areas, um, they're just going to continue to fill in until the point where they're doing the same thing. And so, um, you know, rethink re check the things you think, you know, at the door. You know, before you really start looking, (laughs) get somebody who can help you make some of those
0: decisions. It's fantastic. That was a really good point. Yeah, we take for granted, I know I four can raise cortisol levels, but we take for granted how well connected that really is to so many different parts of Orlando. So that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. It's getting better actually with the the rest of you know the Wakaiba Parkway and all that being connected. The Mm. the whole town's got a big toll road circle around it now.
0: Right. Right. I know it's it's a blessing. So my last question for you is how does core group real estate serve clients differently than say the next real estate agent or broker? Yeah, good question.
1: I think exactly what we've been talking about is that right. And we really work to make sure we are helping get through some maybe misconceptions, understand Mm -hmm. your personal situation, um, you know, and really help you make smart, housing and financial decisions as a part of this. Um, I think it's incredibly important for somebody to have kind of their 18 people they trust in their corner. And so connecting them with somebody like you and, and us and a quality lender, that's not just looking to close a loan. Right, um, right. Right. But looking to make sure, Hey, what's the best financing strategy for you, you know, given your situation. And that can't really be done for most people without having kind of that core group knock on wood, um that's what we call ourselves it comes up all the time you know around you uh to really kind of help kind of game plan that and strategize it so we often kind of see ourselves as the quarterback finding a house is a big part of the equation but it's not it's 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 not the hardest part of the equation to do it right um and then additionally just making sure we're negotiating really well on your behalf we talk about negotiation strategies all the time I think there's a misconception coming from a lot of people coming from a corporate world and then negotiating um houses because you have two a home buyer and a home seller on opposite sides of the of, of the of the equation and so it's a um i'd say it's more of an art um in terms of how we present how we understand what's going to move the needle how we can it, it can become very emotional um depending on which side you are on and, and taking that into account because you know we, we've had situations where we advise against writing certain offers and the the common belief is that the worst somebody can say is no um i believe the worst they can say is screw off we're never selling this house to you you know right, right. <laughs> and uh and, and 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 that can happen and i've been on yeah. both sides of the equation where i mm. see that you know and so i think making sure we're using uh you know proper you know techniques and conversation points to understand where people are at and how we can get something to a finish um it's a long process from negotiating to closing and i think it's often thought that hey we're going to negotiate this thing and we're going to get the best price and price is a big part of it it's not everything because price doesn't necessarily get you to through inspections or through appraisal um you know or through financing issues that may come up and so having it having someone in your corner to paint that long view you know of what this looks like and what a win is in your negotiation is uh, is
0: incredibly important which you have such credibility from when you started your career so just the fact that you started <laughs> and the low in 2009 just shows the credibility of hey you kept the course you've seen the full cycle you've grown the business to what it is today so that's that's truly a testament so thank you justin really good applicable transparent takeaways so really appreciate your time as always listeners yeah is there any parting comments you want to make or anything no i appreciate you and this is fun i think it's a such a hot topic right now
1: and um you know, even if somebody's not looking to move there, you know, it's, it's being talked about. So it's important to have good, proper context. So thank you for doing this.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So as always listeners, um, thank you for joining and being a good steward of your wealth just by checking in to the episode. If not already a client of ours on our website, you can click on, get a second opinion, or you can also email CalNet financial harvest or info at financial harvest.com. Email me a favorite topic. That you want to check out on our next episode happy to address that i get a special guest like i've had today with justin we'll be sure to address that in our next episode so as always listeners keep planting keep harvesting and we'll prosper together thanks everyone